Coote. Coote right through. Got a pass on to Brass, and Brass is in for the try. Oh, so easy. Nettie to Flannery. Flannery to Rickardson. Rickardson to Fletcher. Fletcher puts the arm up, and he goes over. Fletcher scores. Now it's one-way traffic. Williams has got the ball. Gets it on to Maloney. Sets himself. Kicks for Tupo. Tupo and Williams. Tupo! On a cold, dark and wet Friday night, our almighty Cox took the long trip out to Penrith. Coach Robertson came up with a plan to topple the league leaders. Well, after some early points courtesy of Penrith, the Roosters clawed their way back into the match and after a questionable decision just before half-time, well, Plenty wrote the Chooks off. Not us at Roosters Radio. Our boys came back into the second half and all guns blazing, but once again, some crucial decisions affected the outcome of the result. Hello and welcome to this episode of Roosters Radio. Bush is away this week, but we've pulled some big names off the bench. Joining me in the studio, of course, is none other than producer Pat. Welcome, Patty. Silk, how are you, mate? Very well. Up there in the Isabel Kelly studios on the Central Coast, we've got none other than Bells. Hello, Bells. Hello, boys. And also joining us in the studio today, he's making his debut and he's coming off a big weekend himself, the recently engaged rugby league guru. Guru, welcome to Roosters Radio, mate. Silks, thanks for having me, mate. Long-awaited debut, just quietly. Been waiting for the phone call. Well, mate, it's been three (laughs) years in the making, this. Uh, firstly, mate, congratulations, you got engaged on the weekend. Yeah, thank you, mate. Uh, got the W there, so we'll take it. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the game. I know, uh, Bells, I spoke to you. I'm going to ask you first because uh, you were irate over the weekend. Let's get your thoughts on Friday night's match. Oh, I was so cranky. I was just so cranky. I was watched. I went up to the Gold Coast for the um, Jai Opatea fight on Saturday night. That's another whole conversation. But um, I watched it at the Star Casino Sports Bar there on Friday night with some friends and I was irate after the game and they're all carrying on. Oh, yeah, roosters, here we go. Blame the ref, blah, 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 blah. But no, I'm sorry, Sutton... I've just got to say it out there. He had an absolute shocker. He does dead set always have a shocker against us. But that's it. That's all I'm going to say about it. I had to get it off my chest. There's been a lot of media around it. Uh, You know, and everybody's talking about it. There's been an apology for it. But, yeah, it definitely was a shocker. But onwards and upwards for here, we've got to put that in our back pocket and move forward. Look, I think there's going to be plenty of upside we'll talk about. But, Paddy, your thoughts on the game? Yeah, look, Bells, I have to agree with you, but I'm going to take the positive out of it. I think it was a good performance. I mean, 26-18, we're in it till the end, and Penrith are obviously setting the benchmark this yep. year. I mean, yep. no one's really even come close. He had that Parramatta win, which is a close game. But, I mean, we've just come off the back of a really intense six weeks. I mean, we had Penrith twice. We had Parramatta. We had Melbourne. So I'd take that with a lot of confidence, considering we could have won that game. It could have gone either way. Now we're going to take a, a few more, I wouldn't say easier games, but... We just had three to four against the top four teams. So I'm, I'm walking out of that with a lot of confidence, and I think the bye week will be fresh. I think it's going to be good having our origin players coming back and focusing on the game. I like Sammy Walker's in the Queensland camp. I don't think he's been in the first no, two weeks. No, congratulations so. to Sammy yeah, congratulations making his to that. So, uh, debut for the Queensland squad. Yeah, and as you always say, when they come out of camp, they've always got a lot of experience. So you know what, guys? 
I'm feeling good. Ah, that's good to hear. Guru, you don't have to wear the red, white and blue glasses that we wear here at uh, Roosters Radio, mate, but your analysis of uh, last Friday night's game? Mate, for safety purposes, I might wear the red, white and blue glasses, <laughs> but... Uh, Mate, I think the one thing to take out of it for the Roosters, you know, they're obviously the best team in the competition. We ran some stats a few weeks ago talking about when there's a sin bin, how teams, they generally lose that 10-minute period. But more importantly, they lose the period from when the player comes back on to the end of the game, normally by about eight points. It was 18-0, uh, sorry, 18-all from the moment Angus got sin bin to when the end of the game ended. So not many teams win that period in general against Penrith at Penrith. Plenty of positives to take out of it. Yeah, look, I'm going to be glass half full here. I thought there were some exceptional performances, in particular for mine. I thought Siwa Takiaho up front, you know, he, he scored a, a great try, um, but he was dominant with his ball running. Uh, and I think Nat Butcher had a pretty solid game in defence. But all, all in all, look, we've been saying this for a few weeks now on Roosters Radio. We're seeing improvement. Unfortunately, we're not getting the results. I was lucky enough to join, you know, club great Ian Schubert. Uh, Gary Warnicky and uh, Terry Murphy out at Kingswood Sports Club to watch the game. And, and look, we were all in the greens. Sure, we didn't get the rub of the green, but the performance itself, play any other side, they win that game. So, and, and you know, we've, we've touched on the refereeing uh, dramas. If we remove those, I, I think we probably do get the W up there. And that's a big result. Only one other side's done it this year, and that was Parramatta. So, look, I think that the, the buy comes at a good time for us. You know, a couple of our big name players should be back for our, our next match against the Dragons. But I just think we just have to cop that one sweet and move on to uh, the next round. Yes, well, as you said, Silky, the it was a great performance by us and our completion rate was right up there, which is fantastic moving forward for the rest of the competition. We were at 80% on the weekend, so that was great. I just wanted to mention I thought Manu had a great second half. Yeah. Um, I thought he really lifted the side there and he played really well in that 5-8 uh, position. But also Egan Butcher, I thought he's improving every week and... Um, you know, when he came on the field, even his little, he's showing some little um, halfback skills there with the kick return, kick in goal. And, um, you know, that was a great repeat set. And I just thought he had a great game. And uh, you mentioned Takiaho, he topped the run meters at 217. So he's just phenomenal. He'll be a big loss next year. Yeah, it is. He's off to Catalans at the end of the year. And I mean, look, it's probably worth having the conversation now. The big news coming out of this week has been the signing of Matt Lodge. Guru, I get your thoughts on uh, on that signing. I mean, you know, you, you take away all, all the off-field stuff with Matt Lodge on-field, I think it's exactly what you need. Bit of, bit of starch up oh, front, mate, right? I, I feel like I constantly hear this conversation, we aren't clicking, we aren't clicking. Most of the time, you aren't, you aren't winning the middle. Yeah. I think Lodge will be massive for you. You mentioned Egan Butcher. That's the sort of game we've been waiting to see. Anyone that knows footy has been able to watch Egan Butcher and know that he's going to be a gun yep. for a long time. I think that's the game we've been waiting to see from him. That, that offload for Siwa's try, it was a, it was, it yeah, was it was very much the way Victor Radley plays, you know, taking the ball to the line and offloading. And it was good to see Victor make a, a good return uh, back to first grade as well. Just back to the, the Matt Lodge sign, I'm with you. I think you take away his off-field, but if there's one team, call me bias, that can kind of bring him into a good culture and kind of turn that around, I think I think it's him. I think it's a rooster, sorry. So, you know, I, I, in Robbo, we trust, as you say, Bell. So I think, um, I don't think we would have brought him on board if we thought there was going to be lots of controversy. Obviously, down in Bondi, it can always happen pretty quickly, but fingers crossed. And you know what? I, I think he'll be a, a really good a really good signing for us. Completely agree, Paddy. Definitely, it's, it's the club for him. And honestly, like he's not going to go there and throw his career right away and, you know, do something stupid again. Everyone's entitled to a second chance. And I think I agree with you, Nathan. I think he's going to be that, you know, that little bit of mongrel we need at the moment up the gut. So I'm looking forward to seeing him in the red, white and blue. 
Well, Suki, speaking of mongrel up the guts, we've got a bit of an old school rooster coming on. He's celebrating the 20th anniversary of the Roosters Warriors Grand Final. He's a good mate of yours. Yeah, sure is. Look, we've decided to give the players the uh, the week off. I know a couple have done a quick little jaunt overseas, uh, be at the buy round. So uh, we're going to uh, wind back the clock. Uh, the Roosters, as a matter of fact, are releasing a, a video celebrating the 20th anniversary of the 2002 victory against the Warriors. And this man was part of that grand final winning team. It's the one and only media darling, Brian Fletcher, and he'll be joining us on the show right after this. Well, welcome back to Roosters Radio. And joining us now, he's on his way to the radio studio for his hit afternoon radio sports show. He played 135 games for the Roosters and 14 state of origins. And who can forget that memorable try? He's a big fan of Roosters Radio, the one and only Brian Fletcher. Fletch, are you with us? I'm with you, gentlemen. How are we going this fine swim days of today, Wednesday afternoon? Mate, we're doing well, and, and I dare say you are too, because uh, as we said earlier on in the introduction to our show, the players are off this week, they've got the bye, but uh, I know uh, you're a bit of a free man this week too. Well, I was last week, yeah. It could have been, uh, as they say, idle hands at the devil's playground. Well, the devil certainly came to Bondi during the week. My wife and kids were away, <laughs> and they went to Bali. And yep. I'm actually, no, you know, I, I, to, be, to be truthful, I only had one crack. Yeah. And consider, I, I thought I was going to be drunk for seven days, but no, I, I pulled in. I uh, actually behaved myself. So it was only one day, but I'm looking forward to getting him home. The, the house is too quiet. And uh, I dare say it looks like a bomb's hit it too. Although you are no, pretty clean, Brian. No, 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 no. And this is the thing. I've, I've just realised I get blamed for everything in my house. So you leave your towel on the floor. You don't you leave the coffee cup or plate in the sink. It's actually the cleanest it's ever been. So I think... It's those the other people I live with who are who are pretty ordinary on the uh, on the domestic duties silk mold. Speaking of the buy round and uh, origin camp, Fletch, obviously the boys are in origin camp at the moment, and you had a few back in the day. What do you think the difference is now between back then? Do you think it's a lot more a lot more strict? Did you did you have a bit of leeway back then? Oh, definitely. It, it was a bit of a it was a bit of a rite of passage because. Growing up, you would, you would hear about the stories of them, especially the mid-90s or the early 90s, sorry, where they would get on the drink. That was pretty much the, the start of the of the week-long camp. Gus, Gus, I know, brought that in. So the players would, would go into camp for, for the five days or the we were going in at 10 days sometimes, which was outstanding. But in those days, it was you're on the drink for four or five days. It was a bit of a get-to-know-you, you know, the, the players that you hadn't, met before or you had met but just you know really hadn't um dug deep into their private lives and found what they what they're all about so but i I now now i know now game one because we went down to interview a few of the blues and they hadn't been on the drink and i just said what says no 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 we sat around the bar probably had two schooners and i went oh that's a disgrace (laughs) <laughs> that is a dis- that is a disgrace because usually you take the photos on day one and there's go back and have a look if you can find them everyone's eyes are blo- when I was playing everyone's eyes are bloodshot hairs all over the shop blokes are untidy and just reeked of PI double five so I I found that that the first three days was the best three days because you you didn't really train but you just got to uh, get to know everyone and tell a few stories. Around the around the fire. Hey Fletch, if we just look back at your uh, state of origin career, when you when you look back now, 
we know in, in friend groups and everything else, there's always a, a guy or gal that's, that leads them out by way of, you know, as the real, the life of the party. And then there's people that you don't expect when it's time to come on, they really show their true self. Who are a couple of the players that maybe were that way inclined, probably a bit quieter, you know, probably day one, but then really let their hair down days two and three? Jamie Ainscoe, without a hint of hesitation. Yep. Jamie, Jamie Ainscoe was quite uh, quiet sort of bloke, but yeah, by day three, I really I really enjoyed his company. He was very, very funny. One of those blokes that didn't know he was funny, you know, he was just dry. You know, you got your usual, the Joeys, the Craig Gowers. Uh, they, they were proper A-grades that led from the front. Um, but then you had the sneaky guys, a bit like Robbie Kearns. Yes. Robbie Kearns was was very sneaky in the sense that, um, you know, in front of coaching staff and in, in front of uh, the officials, you know, it was very, very uh, proper. But getting getting uh, six or seven schoolies deep, he had a bit of dirt bag in him, which every every club needs a bit of uh, DB, don't they? Hundreds. I mean, it's like, it's like in every, every industry. At a at a work environment, you need to have all those personalities to shine, because um, work can be a little bit boring sometimes. What about after the game, Fletch? I mean, now you got players playing for their club two days later. I imagine they're not doing too much partying post win. But were you were you always backing up for your club, or were you you had the, yeah, had the week off? No, I I just usually major, um, and and Ricky as well major major back up. But I found that if you played on the Wednesday and you were playing Friday, for whatever reason, it was a lot easier backing up two days rather than three, and it got worse. So if we had to play on a Sunday afternoon uh, at the footy stadium after an origin on Wednesday, it was the worst. I, I can't remember having a good game after an origin on a Sunday. Friday, yeah, I think you're still you're up and about. You've still got a bit of an adrenaline going, but then Sunday it's you've come from 60 or 70,000 people and you've played at the stadium against the Cowboys <laughs> when they were when they were rank and it was like a thousand people out there. And it was only all the, the hardcore Rooster supporters and they would let you know that um, you're playing shit. Now, Fletch, uh, as I said in the intro, there's a video being released on Thursday uh, celebrating. No, Not another one. Oh, no, gotcha. Very good. Hey, that's a new one. Every time I get a message on a WhatsApp, I go, uh-oh, what have I done? Yeah. No, no but the, uh, the Roosters are releasing a 20-year a, a anniversary of that Oh, triumphant grand final victory back in 2002. I know you're one of uh, the many players that were, were interviewed as part of that. Can you uh, just give us a bit of a insight into uh, what we can expect? Well, yeah, so we, we, we all did it individually. I think uh, Freddie, Moza, Adrian Morley, Mini and uh, Craig Wing. It was about yeah six or seven of us. Now, the, the, the club who they put it together, the, the team that put it together, did a really good job. I've seen a little. I've seen a, a, a bit of it. Um, I haven't seen the full package, but they were just asking us questions about because we, you know, from the start of the year when we only won one out of five, and Ricky was a new coach, and there was a lot of pressure on him, and we were just going through the stages of that season, and then we went on that massive run where we, won, I think, we won ten in a row, eleven in a row, including the grand final. So it was just about from the from that first, pretty much in the off season, from the first day that Ricky got us on board. And we had uh, 
uh, David Gillespie and John Cartwright were the assistants and Dean Clay. And I'll never forget, they took us up to Coffs Harbour and we are having a chat and the, the forwards went away. This is in the off-season. Forwards went in one side of the, the room, the backs went somewhere else and it was all going good. And then Sticky came in and with um, Dean Payne just said, mate, you're forwards, everyone's, you're, you're a laughing stock in, in uh, what other clubs think of you. We went, oh. I, we, I honestly thought he was joking. Mm. He goes, no, nah, you likes are soft. That's what, n- now knowing that it was a bit of a rub up, but he had some valid points. And so that, that was the season, the off season where I'd never trained as hard uh, ever. And it was brutal. So that was the year of the 100, 100 metre sprints, which Ricky got an idea from. I don't know where he got it from, but probably the internet because he gets, he gets on the internet a lot looking at all sorts of weird stuff. But he, uh, it was the hardest we'd ever trained. And he just kept drumming into us saying that, you know, clubs think that your forward pack's soft. And towards the end of that year, I, I think we were probably the most um, feared forward pack, I, I think. You know, Canterbury had a pretty good side, but, you know, our line speed, we were so fit that would allow you to, to get off your line and um, tackle quite um, violently as Adrian Morley would, 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 would do. Hey, Fitch, wasn't there, is that the year that Ricky made you do some crazy amount of Tamar stairs, carrying blokes on your shoulders and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, we did. Everything was just, everything was just hard. And yeah, we did Tamar stairs. We weren't carrying anyone. It was just you had to do those real steep ones on the bottom of Beryl Street there. And every every rugby league team in Sydney has probably done those ones or, or Coogee stairs, but it was the amount we had to do. And we would think your training session had finished and you do your ball work and then he'd go, right, now it's time for this. Um, on that Coffs Harbour one, this is a, this was a beauty that he, he got us. So we trained, we were up there for five days. Four days, it was awful. The training was so bad. And the last day, he goes, boys, you've done so well. Now it's time to let your hair down. So we got him a drink. And he said, Bart, there's a, there's a caveat. You've got to be uh, in bed, leaving the pub by midnight. So we said, yep, done. So we, we trained for four days. It was horrific. Got on the drink and really went to town. You know, you know, Silky, if I get the tequilas out, look at hundred. So all was going well. Back into the room at 12 o'clock, laughing, carrying on. Finally fall asleep about 2.30, and then all of a sudden all hell broke loose. Fire alarms are on. Doors have been punched in. So Ricky and the coaching staff had got us up. So they'd set us up to get on the drink, got us up at 2.30 in the morning, and then flogged us again. And I'll never forget it. Like, bikes were just throwing up. Because on the way home from the pub, as you do, you you go to the Caltex or the BP and you rip a a, uh, chicken pie in your guts. Well, we've done that. Blokes are having kebabs, and then two hours later, we're up doing hill runs. Now, knowing what he's like, it was all just to get, get you mentally tough. Now, Fletch, let's go back a few years earlier, and you had a little run in with uh, Rocky the Rooster, the team mascot. Any truth to those rumours, mate? So, that was the famous 1996 incident where I had three strikes to my name, and I was sacked. The final strike was, yes... In 1996, the Roosters team, first grade team, I was playing second grade. I hadn't made my debut yet and didn't think I was ever going to make it after. And I hit Rocky the Roost. I gave him a bit of a, a bit of a nudge off the stage and he broke a vertebrae. But he's all good. And he had his suit on. So it was quite, yeah, there was a lot of padding in there. But um, yeah, that was 96 and I got the flick. That's why I got sacked from the club. <laughs> now, mate, just start. Uh... 
harping back now to, to the great Brad Fittler, obviously uh, I saw an article the other day when they were in camp where he's off the drink, Fletch, but you were able to uh, force his hand and get a couple of him when you all caught up for that 20-year reunion? Yeah, it said he'd been off the drink. He had a beer. So his eldest daughter was, was 17 and he, she hadn't had a drink. And he said, if you don't drink till you're 18, I'll, I'll go with you. So he didn't drink for 12 months, but he had a beer for his 50th and then he had a beer for our 20-year reunion, which was good to see because I like I like seeing a little bit of Mount Druid Freddy some, from time to time. It's, <laughs> it's very, very it, – it, it's, a, it's a beauty because he goes all vague and his eye closes and he doesn't know who you are, but, oh, God, it's fun. Now, mate, let's just look at the Chooks. Obviously, disappointing loss last Friday night against the Panthers. You know, if you had to grade the year thus far, what would you give them? Oh, well, at the moment, um, yeah, they're not in the eight, are they? Um, it's been a year, considering at the start of the year, a lot of experts and the, and the, the uh, gambling agencies had them in, you know, either one or two as, as favouritism. For whatever reason, of it, um, it just hasn't sort of clicked. They haven't really had – they've missed Jared, I think. Mm. I know they've missed Jared. And um, it takes a long while. Like Luke Keery, before he got his head knocked a couple of weeks back, he was just fine on his feet, because obviously with his knee injury. I've seen it with heaps of plays. It takes a minimum 12 months, sometimes 18 months. I remember Justin Hodges, when he did his knee, he um, it took him you know, a good 18 months to get back to where he was. So – Again, it's the injuries, um, and you need, you know, so much. Well, so I don't know if it's pressure, but poor old Teddy um, is trying. He's trying his guts out. I, I think sometimes he can try too much. You know, when he's at his best is when he's got he's out the back and he's got Luke passing him the ball with a bit of room to run. But for whatever reason, this year it, it just sort of hasn't clicked. Although last week I thought that was their best effort of the year, they and you know they probably I think they were the better team. You know the referee did certainly make a few errors, I, I think. But um, yeah, it, it is so hard to to, to be competitive all, all the time, and the Roosters have been up for, for so many years. Do you see them making a run like you guys did back in two thousand two? Like there's an opportunity there. Like they'll have to string a few together. But they do, and you know the buy is going to help certainly. Like Luke Erie's the key here. I, I don't know what's going on with. I know he's getting a few headaches and, and stuff, but uh, Sammy Walker is a terrific halfback. But you need a bloke like Luke Erie, who I think is a terrific footballer. He needs to be in that team for, for the Roosters to be successful. Every every other position, you could probably you could probably find a, a replacement, but Luke Erie needs to be at, at six if the Roosters are to, to go on a run. And this time next week, Fletch, State of Origin Game 3, decider up in Suncorp. We we haven't done it too many times, get the victory in Game no. 3 there. Talk to us about that. Yeah, like, the Game 2, I, I reckon sometimes you can subconsciously feel like, you you know, you've got this, you've already won up. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm oh, sorry, you, you won all. So without saying it, I just think there's a little bit of, like, and I thought Queensland did this. They just didn't chase hard enough on certain plays because they're, they're thinking to themselves, without saying it, they're just thinking, oh, well, come on, oh, we'll go back home and Brisbane and we'll be better. And they will be better. No, we won't be beating them by, it'll be another close game. There won't be much, you know, there definitely won't be, you know, the 30 points that we put on them in, in Perth. And and they've got the best player in the game at the moment in, in Cameron Munster. I think he is an absolute um, 
genius, especially in Origin. You know, he the what how he can turn a game just with a with a pass or a dummy or, or you know, and he just he just mesmerizes the defense. So it's going to be a tough game, but if we can get on the back of our kicking game like we did in game two, I think we should be okay. You give us a score prediction for the punters. Yeah, not much. Not much at all. I'm going to say it's an 18-16 go. Ooh, a nail-biter, Bezet. I'm going with nail-biting. Uh, you know when you've been up there and you've watched those games, those, kids, those Queensland supporters are lunatics. And referees, and I'm not saying that they, they, they are biased, but sometimes, again, they hear the noise, the touch judges hear the noise, and they'll call a forward pass or a call a penalty because... The, the noise is so loud up there. It's a stadium there where they really get behind it, and it's set up beautifully, isn't it? Like for for a um, a decider. So who's the Wally Lewis medal winner, mate? Okay, Wally Lewis medal winner. Okay, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you this. He hasn't won man of the match yet, but he's certainly been very very consistent. I'm going to say James Tedesco. James Tedesco. Okay. Well, uh, Cle- Cleary had a stormer game two. Yep. Munster had a, ga- a, a stormer game one. Yep. Game two, they sort of, you know, Ke- Cleary game one wouldn't have featured in the points, but Teddy's featured in the points ah. every, every game. So I think consistency, and if Teddy wins now the match, he gets it. I think if, if a Cleary or a Munster um, have, a, have a stormer, they'll get it. But I th- I'm going to go with Tedesco. And lastly, mate, before we let you go, I know you have a penchant for surfing. Uh, you're heading over to the atolls of Indonesia shortly, but uh, there's some big swell in and around Sydney at the moment. Will you be uh, chasing some wild swells uh, over the next couple of days? No, a bit too wild for old Bear's head. Although I, I did hear, I was hearing on the radio, they were, they were down at Nielsen Park, which is one of those harbour harbour beaches, and I went down there to look, and there's a few body borders out, and I just thought... Um, that was the big go. When it gets huge in, in this, on the eastern beaches, you can go into the harbour bits. But um, too big for me. So I, don't, I don't like the paddling go. No, you don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, thanks for joining us. Uh, I know you've got a radio show to do and really appreciate your time. Good on you, boys. Uh, well done. And I hope you continue to succeed in whatever endeavour that you search. Thank you, Fletch. Thanks, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Now, speaking of State of Origin, guys, Game 3, Blockbuster, no better place to watch it than the beautiful Clovelly Hotel. Join Bush, myself, and the Roosters radio team as we give away prizes, beer jugs, raffles, and much, much more. For more details, visit theclovellyhotel.com.au and book your spot. Go the Blues. Welcome back to Roosters Radio. What a fantastic interview you did there, boys, with Fletch. Still the character, always the character. Bit of a bit of a nutcase old Fletch, but a long-time friend of mine as well, so I'm allowed to say that. But great to hear from him, being um, one of the great Roosters that he was. But, boys, let's uh, turn our attention now to the big stage of State of Origin, the third game, Suncorp Stadium. It's going to be a massive game, a massive crowd, 
The atmosphere is going to be electric. What are your thoughts? Look, I'll hop in first. And firstly, just want to congratulate Sammy Walker on his selection in the Queensland squad. Uh, You know, for such a young age, it's great that we've had young Joe Ali and and Sammy Walker just getting a taste of what it's like to be in camp. And look, I've said this on the show many, many times. Players come back better footballers being surrounded by, you know, the greats when when you're talking about the Queensland camp. Uh, Look, we've also got representation. Lindsay Collins up front for Queensland. And then we've got, of course, Toops. Teddy and Angus Crichton. So uh, some great representation for the Roosters. Look, I've got to say, I've been to a state of origin up there in Brisbane and the atmosphere walking to the game, like you've got your blue jumper on or your scarf or whatever, and the hoons that are piling out onto the Caxton, it's, you have to actually experience it. Like the people that listen to this show in Queensland, they'd be nodding their head because you get absolutely peppered with abuse and they go to Queensland and Queensland and all that kind of stuff. So I can't imagine what it's like for a footballer when they run out onto the field. Look, I think it'll be a different game. Fletch actually said in the interview, um, they'll put in a much better performance. I think Billy Slade, as a, I think as, as a coach, will go on to bigger and better things. But I think, um, you know, a few little changes to, to the New South Wales side, which we'll touch on. But uh, I'm thinking a much closer game. Guru, you, you know a bit, a bit about what's going on up there. What's, uh, what's happening uh, behind the scenes? Yeah, I myself, I went to a uh, Origin 3 in Queensland a few years ago. I'm walking down Caxton. It's like that episode of The Simpsons when uh, Homer joins the stonecutters. It's just <laughs> carnage. It is. Yeah, wearing your blue. You're copping it left, right and centre. And yeah, it'll be an experience for this blue side. Uh, I believe they will bounce back in this one. Just on, on your mate, Lindsay Collins. Have you ever seen a, a guy bounce back from an ACL better? He's one of the guys that... I just think Origin was made for. Yeah. Hard. He, he just runs off the back fence. He likes the contact. And, you know, like I said, he, he comes back to club land, a much better player. And I think he plays his best football in that Maroon jumper. Yeah, for sure. I remember, was it the 2020 series he made his yes, debut? Yeah. Oh, he was in. Oh, I thought he was their best forward yeah, by far and away. Uh, so great to see him bounce back. You mentioned Sammy Walker. As you said, they come back there as different footballers. And, you know, he obviously gets to spend time with Munster DCE, but it's also the Smith, the Thurston. Yeah. That's yeah. what I reckon, like, too. It's huge. It, it matters so much. I'm really excited to see what Sam Walker does when he comes out. And, you know, back to the Roosters briefly, I think you need a little something, don't you? Yeah. It, it could really yeah. be what, what you need in yeah. your season. Mate, a uh, bit of a change up front for the Blues. Obviously, Payne Haas ruled out. Jordan McLean. He's been in the squad since uh, the first camp. Uh, he'll be making his debut for New South Wales. How do you, you know, your thoughts on that? Not the guy that I would have picked. No, I to thought be it was a, Yeah, I thought it was yeah. a hard one. Who would you uh, go with, Guru? Not sure. I, I'd obviously I'd start Junior for starters. Yeah. I can't believe they got him coming off the bench. Um, obviously, I, I personally think David Clem has been in sensational form this year. I, I don't know what what he's done uh, up there. To he, he seemingly. Can't get a look in yeah. to this squad. Daniel Saifidi's back playing as well. And as much as I don't think Daniel's been in career best form, he's done a job before. I thought Freddie would go to him. Game three for a debutant in the front row at Suncorp. <laughs> it's a tough gig. <laughs> but, but Starting say, on you. Look, yeah. Fr- Freddie has picked this side on form. You know, he had all the, the haters and the naysayers coming into, into the second match and he's proved all them wrong. So uh, you, you can't knock him for, for his selection so far. And I mean, it's one thing we, we had to look at during the week, like the stats of Jordan McLean compared to Jake uh, to um, Jake Trevojevic. Like his tackle efficiency is a little bit higher than Jake's this year, yeah. which is, you know, something that you just never know. I feel like these North Queensland players sometimes they're so far out of mind, out of sight. Yeah, you yeah. don't realise what they're doing. Uh, you know, Freddie he's picked Saifidi in the past, and we all went, "What on earth is he doing?" 
pay dividends. So I'm going to back Freddie in here, but not the guy I would have gone for, but there's a reason why I'm not coaching him. Paddy, I know you were a big fan of uh, Jakey Turbo's performance in game two. Yeah, you know, you can't, you can't not like him. I mean, you, you just love to see him do well. He's yeah. just that kind of <laughs> like, you just you love to see him do well. And, you know, he, he proves he, he proved himself and he, he showed that he's an origin player. He's not part. A lot of people were saying he's past it. And I know a lot of people were saying they would have had him in their team to begin with. But I didn't necessarily disagree with the selection of, in the beginning. To be fair, I didn't watch too many manly games, so I can't really judge. But he just came out in that first 20, 30 minutes. He just went nuts. He was every, every single tackle, I swear, he was just in the, at least in the shot. Uh, but uh, speaking of form... You got Matt Burton, who was arguably our best player, along with Cleary. Yep. Game one, Jack Whiten was our our best player, and now a bit of a predicament coming into to game three. Do we reckon they're going to stick with Crichton and Burton in the centres, or do you think Whiten's going to get the late call up? What do you reckon, Bells? I honestly think Whiten should be there. I'm a little bit. I know Crichton's a great player, and you know he's a young Panthers player, but. I actually, from my in my opinion, I saw some mistakes in there that shouldn't be in origin level football from Crichton. I know he's new. I know he debuted this year, but I just think you've got to put your best, especially in that centre position. And, you know, obviously Latrell shut down talks during the week that he's not going to play. But, yeah, I, I honestly, I think Whiten should be in there. And um, Crichton's had the experience. He's had a couple of games up his sleeve, but this is the big one. This is where you get all your, your well, talk, you know, you're talking about Freddie putting performers in. I really think you should be there. Well, over the weekend, I was at the Steel City fundraiser for the Mark Hughes Foundation. I was having a chat with Joey, the eighth, and he seemed to say that Whiten can't play right edge. But I think he might have played with him for Australia. Do you think that's the reasoning? Do you think if it was the left centre that was open, he would be there? Yeah, potentially. I think it's incredibly harsh on Jack. He was by far and away our best player in game one. Uh, but I also think Stephen Crichton, like, despite not having the best game two, every other big moment of his career, he's come up with a moment. If you go back and watch that final series last year, Penrith would have lost four games on the trot if it wasn't for him being on the field, grand final in particular. And, you know, I think game one, he copped a bit of stick. He made that tackle on Cam Munster. Personally, as a New South Wales fan, someone needed to get up and whack yeah, Munster. Love to see it. I was so sick of him yeah. just dancing around. And it, it didn't pay off. They scored the next set. I understand that. But I, I just think it's incredibly unlucky for Jack White and the way it's played out, the way that he's a left-side dominant player. I would have, if Latrell was available, he's my right centre. And when it's Crichton and Whiten, I think I would have gone with Crichton at right centre like they have. Yeah, I would have stuck. Lickson, we get bagged New South Wales for how many years about picking and sticking? You know, if you flip the coin on, on the Queensland side, they've had their own issues. You know, do they get rid of Papali'i or um, Dane Gagai? And they've they've kept, they've stuck fat. Uh, so I would have stuck with Crichton. And I'll go out on a limb and I'll say, I'm going to put it out there. He'll score a try in this match. I'm going to I'm gonna put him down for a try scorer. Any time. Yeah. Any time. But... Um, <laughs> Look, if we talk about Queensland, obviously Kafusi out. Tommy Gilbert from the Cowboys comes into the side. Uh, he's a big loss for them. I mean, I don't know much about Tom Gilbert, I'll be honest. I've, like I said, the thing about the Cowboys, you don't seem to watch their games, do you? So Tom Gilbert's an unknown quantity for mine. And Tom Gilbert, he might be as uh, unassuming as his name. Like, he, you, just, <laughs> you don't even notice him. He, uh, what can you tell me about him? He Gilbert? plays on the left edge for them, and then he normally shifts into the middle late in games. He's been solid. Um, he'll do a job for them. I have no doubt about that at all. I personally think they've obviously brought Nanai in to start. Uh, defensively, he's had issues all year. Yep. Uh, so I'm sure him next to DCE, that'll be something that the Blues will target. I, I think you'll see a change late. I wouldn't be surprised to see Tom Gilbert start on the right edge. Well, let's put it out there, guys. Let's get a score prediction. We'll start with you, Bells. Well, I'm going to say the Blues 24 24- 18. I think there's going to be a few more tries up there in front of the crowd. A bit of la-di-da and 24-18 to the Blues. 
Okay. And who's your Wally Lewis medal winner? Teddy. Teddy. That's of two course. for Teddy. He's a rooster. <laughs> Teddy, <laughs> score prediction. Score prediction. I'm going to go New South Wales 20, Queensland 12. That was my one. Yeah, we'll go. F- <laughs> <laughs> that was my prediction. What about you, Guru? Uh, mate, I'm going to go New South Wales 28, Queensland 16, and I'll add a third uh, Teddy, MOM and Wally. There you go. Well, that's it for this episode of Roosters Radio. We'd like to thank our special guest, the Rugby League Guru, and of course, the man himself, Brian Fletcher. You've been listening to Roosters Radio. East, East to, to win. win. East know how to play the game, they play it hard and fair. East know how to win the game, they give more than their share. They're great to see in action, these boys are show the way. Put the Roosters on the field, they'll show you how to play. Oh